0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 207 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Today's topic is going to be a little bit... Uh controversial, depending on which side of the political spectrum you fall on, but it still needs to be talked about because research is showing that it's happening. We're talking about big game management and the effects of climate change now, depending on who you follow, some of you may or may not believe in it, but research does show that there is a trend and it's warming. And it's important for researchers and wildlife managers to pay attention to that because you're gonna have a whole host of issues that are gonna happen. As climate change is causing shifts in temperature, it's also changing the way it rains. So your uh, precipitation patterns are changing, your weather is changing. Weather is just the uneven heating and cooling of the air around. And so if you have things warming up, then obviously your weather patterns are going to shift. These changes are going to cause, uh, in certain situations, they're going to cause major damage to habitat. In other situations, maybe not so much. But when those weather patterns and habitats are altered, that affects all animals, whether you're deer, deer, elk, moose, bighorn sheep, it doesn't matter. So some of the things that uh, I've come across that in my research that we need to take a look at is some of the habitat concerns that we're gonna have as the climate starts heating up are altered migration patterns, mule deer, elk, They rely on seasonal migrations to be able to access food and to avoid some of those harsher conditions. But climate change could uh, affect some of these and disrupt those patterns and change the way the vegetation growth happens. We talk about that green up uh, as they are moving from their winter range up to their summer range, they're following that green up. But some areas, uh, as they get hotter, they may, they're going to alter the way that green up happens and that's going to cause them to shift their patterns. In some situations, if that green up happens too fast and they don't transition fast enough, then some of that vegetation could die off and uh, it's going to be difficult for these animals to put on the fat they need for the winter time. The other is changing of food availability. As climate change happens and the temperature starts to warm up. You're going to have plants that are moving up in elevation or lower in elevation, depending on how the weather and the, the temperature and precipitation are going to affect them. And we won't know until they, it starts to happen. And so there needs to be ongoing research to monitor how much is happening. They all pl- have their niche And their niche is where they are found living. They can be found, like, I learned this about trout. They have a certain temperature, and I forget what the temperature is, but they have a certain temperature in the water that they prefer to feed. And so if it's 41 degrees to 43 degrees, then they're going to be found in there. Well, these plants themselves are being found uh, within their niche. They're going to only be found in these certain areas they can't do anymore. And so climate change is going to affect them. They're going to have to move up or they're going to have to go down. If they can't move up any further, then they just die off. And so you're gonna lose some of these plants and some of these plants are gonna prosper depending on the temperature. And then disease. Because of the changing climate conditions, there are some areas that are gonna be expanded for these animals. They're gonna be able to move into areas they've never been able to move into before. And it's gonna decrease certain areas, but they're gonna be moving into new areas and that's gonna bring disease with them as they are coming into contact with different species. They are gonna be getting disease. And so that's just the challenge that they're gonna face. How do wildlife, I guess the question is, next, since we've talked about the challenges, how do wildlife managers go about dealing with all these things? One, they have very limited resources. Uh, Most wildlife agencies are a little bit understaffed, and they don't have a whole lot of money, and their budgets are very small, and so wildlife managers are gonna have to work within those confines and figure out better ways of working with these animals, especially when you have a disruption of migration routes. That's one of the biggest things that I can see. With a disruption of migration routes, these animals may start staying home and not migrating from their winter to summer range or from summer to winter range. And so you're gonna start seeing more depredation, more challenges there. Climate change is going to bring about a little bit of uncertainty uh, in one way that they always act, and now they're going to have a difficult time implementing. So if your budget around depredation is 3000 and now all of a sudden you have quadruple the number of animals staying home, then it's going to bring about uncertainty, especially in the laws and regulations. So before, if you tried to create an atmosphere of tolerance working with the ag people and giving them out permits and stuff to help reduce their issues. Now you're going to have to start looking at payments or uh, removals. Maybe uh, you now find yourself in a situation where these animals are just too detrimental to the ag industry and they find themselves mostly on private property. Then they're going to have to look at those issues. And then you got the political and social factors as migration routes and things are are happening are being cut off that's going to bring some political problems with it as well as some social you're going to get a lot of people who are are concerned about the animals which is what i am i'm concerned that these migration routes are are going to be cut off the way that we have always known deer elk whitetail, elk moose mule deer whatever they are going to be affected, that they're going to be pushed into areas that we haven't seen before. And so people are going to start using politics to move one way or another. Right now the uh, political spectrum is very much for the money making side of things. Uh, People are making a lot of money off of wildlife. If you look, the industry is is getting larger and larger. And they have found that there's a lot of power in having animals on private property, because it gives them more of a voice. And so there's that political push there. And then as animals are being pushed into new areas, maybe their populations are being reduced. So then you've got the social concerns. Uh, There's going to be a push to stop hunting And that is always going to be a contentious battle. Whether you're on the left or right, it's still going to be contentious. Both sides have their feelings and they're going to definitely share them. So you have to have collaboration as wildlife managers. You're having to work with not just those within your small spectrum that you deal with, but now you're thinking statewide. And then beyond statewide, now you're thinking multi-state level and you're working, trying to help these animals find the habitat that's gonna best work for them as things progressively get warmer. There are some things that they are doing now uh, that is proving to be beneficial. Habitat managers, wildlife managers are working with researchers that they're trying to identify these critical habitat areas. So they're creating those corridors to allow animals to move through uh, or trying to create corridors. Oftentimes private property is involved and that creates a challenge. They're looking at climate, what they call climate-informed decision-making. They're using climate data to help them. Okay, are we going to have a population that's going to become an island? Are they going to be limited in their resources? Is their habitat going to be greatly uh, reduced and if that's the case what does this population look like and so they are starting to increase populations in certain places where they think uh, that they may tolerate it better and in other populations they're looking and say okay in the future we may have to reduce the population that we're going to have and they're also researching doing research and monitoring they're constantly working with Social science as well as a bunch of different companies out there are helping uh, with the funding, I guess, so to speak. They're helping with the funding and they're getting involved with universities and they're bringing all these parties together. And a lot of these uh, private groups, whether they are clothing companies or whatnot, they're interested in the benefit of wildlife. I mean, ultimately it benefits them, yes, but they are interested in the benefit of wildlife and their big names sometimes allow property to be opened that not necessarily would be open because it remained public or uh, private property and then they come in they have a large name large backing people are like oh okay yeah because you know they're well connected and so a lot of these properties start to get opened up because of that and so there needs to be still a lot of research that needs to be done as and continue to monitor as uh the climate warms okay we just covered a lot in a very short amount of time. It wasn't very long. We've covered a lot of topics. So just to wrap it up, this is what we've talked about. Climate change is going to impact wildlife. There's complex challenges in wildlife management. What do you do? What are the correct decisions? There's a whole lot of collaboration or communication that needs to happen. There's got to be some adaptation or innovation, just like those corridors. We've got to figure out a way to get animals to move from one area to another so they can maintain that good habitat. There's a whole lot of research and education that still needs to happen. And this one may not be apparent, but in certain situations, there needs to be a little bit of urgency, especially under corridors. Uh, as we are developing these areas that have often been rural for a very long time, we are closing off some of these corridors. So the GPS collars and those things are, are going to help. Then we need to look at, I guess this is the most controversial, and it's not even to me controversial, Uh is climate informed conservation. We need to get the data, look at the data and say, okay, is this gonna create an island here? Is this gonna cut this population off? How is it gonna affect? And we need to start looking at that as well. And then the other thing is it just, hopefully the animals will learn to adapt. Maybe this won't happen so fast, but I would rather see whitetail and mule deer in the public than I would see in the zoo as a last resort and start looking long-term. A lot of the time people get caught up in the political thought process and it's very short-term, but what is going to happen five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years, 50 years, where do we want to see ourselves? And that's oftentimes some of the the biggest challenges is that long-term thinking. All right. (laughs) That is it for today. So if you guys found today's episode informative, please share it with those that are interested in wildlife. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Let me know your guys' thoughts on topics. If there's a topic you're passionate about, let me know. And that's a wrap for today's episode on Manage the Wild. Have a great day. Stay wild.